this party's over. I don't think so. Take a seat. We would be honored if you would join us. Long have I waited. Took a week off for the holidays. Just walking around like there was some disturbance in the forest. I'm like, I need to be talking Star Wars. What's going on here? We're back. If it's your first time with us, thanks for tuning in. I'm Tyler Bodkins. I've been in this fight since I was eight years old. And with me, a presence I haven't felt since. Dramatic pause. A very ambiguous time frame so that in 45 years we can come back and do a prequel series in between episodes. Cameron Porter! Nice. What's up? I'm really thinking long term for this podcast. Yeah. Like we're like seven years old. It's like, yo, yep. what happened in between episodes 15 and 16 of oh Star Wars gosh. After Party? Well, a lot of things happened, I'm sure. Dude, let's spin up. What you been doing in the Star Wars world lately? Ah, uh, let's see. Star Anything? Wars World. You know... Black Friday, you get any Legos? Did I get... Yeah, actually... All right, what you do? I So, I bought some gifts for my daughter. Nice. And I used... I don't know why, but I shopped on Kohl's. And, you know, Kohl's has Kohl's cash. They were Kohl's doing cash. something great. I got, like, 90 bucks worth of Kohl's cash. And yeah, Lego came out with a, like, the... The duel between Luke and Darth Vader in front of the Emperor, like in the Emperor's oh, throne right. room, Firm, yeah. like a eighteen plus, like really nice display piece, like Is a it year like, ago. Did they call them like dioramas or something? Yeah, like they're like, yeah, yep. I know what you're talking about. Like, and yeah. it it came out for ninety bucks, and like it's. 90 bucks is a lot of money for that set. Sure. Like the pieces, there's not a whole lot of pieces in it, anyways. But I kind of wanted it, and I had that Coles cash, so I was like, "Yo, <laughs> yo, free Emperor's throne room duel." So I snagged that. Um, but no, it's mostly just been buying for uh, other people right now. So. Yeah, I feel you on that. I, yeah. I don't know that I bought anything Star Wars, although I mentioned this on a pod a while back. I did get the Ahsoka series chopper little oh, figure yeah. that I'm giving my nephew for Christmas, and I'm like, I nice. just can't wait. It's like the one thing I'm the most excited for this Christmas is giving this kid this little <laughs> chopper so he can freak out. Um, I watched some Star Wars. Okay. I went back and... I rewatched the first seven episodes of season three of Mando. Nice. Just because, like, you know, we burned through Mando, mm -hmm. and then I feel like it really wasn't that long before Ahsoka was, you know, like Mando, I think, finished in, like, May. I think it was, like, March to May. Yeah. And then when did Ahsoka start? August? August, yeah. So it wasn't It kind of blurred. It, it all kind of just, like, blurred together, yeah. Because I was going back rewatching, you know... Clone Wars episodes, just getting ready for Ahsoka. Yeah. And so I feel like I went back and, dude, it was wild. I was watching the seventh episode yesterday. And, you know, for me, when I'm rewatch or when I'm watching new seasons of Star Wars, I'm generally going back and rewatching the week before, before I watch the new one. Like I do that. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'll do like, all right, we're getting close to the end. Let me go ahead and rewatch all of them again. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, the first and second, third episodes of the season, I've seen like five, six times. Yeah. Then you get a little later in it, and it's like, I've probably seen this episode two or three times, mm -hmm. depending. There was this whole thing, I don't even know, let's see if you remember this, in the seventh episode, where they're on Mandalore, and they're riding in that, like, 
boat ship, like yeah. Mad Max style or whatever. Yeah. There's like a giant turtle that just comes out of nowhere and just crushes the ship. Yep. I totally forgot. I had no idea that that happened. Yeah, because that, that was so random, and it didn't like go anywhere. It was just like it was 30 just for seconds. For the I was sake like, of destroying the ship. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> was what gone. is going on right now? I don't remember this at all. Yeah. And then 30 seconds later, it was over, and I was like, that's why I don't remember it. But there was some cool stuff, man. Oh, like, yeah. Um, I haven't finished, because I mean, I mean, I got the eighth episode, you know, the mm-hmm. finale to watch. It was just getting late, and I was like, ah, I'm going to go to bed. But there was an interesting interaction between uh, Moff Gideon and Elia Kane. Mm-hmm. You know, the spy who she had done that shifty stuff with Dr. Pershing earlier in the season, right? Mm-hmm. So she did whatever she did with Pershing. His mind is totally gone, yeah. you know? Yeah, And at the then then. Eli Kane is giving Moff Gideon the information that the Mandalorians have kind of come together, and that's where he goes to the Shadow Council, which is awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, too. Yeah, there's there's the whole Shadow Council thing. Um, but that said, uh, whenever he's finishing that conversation with her, he says, return to your mission. We don't know what that mission mm-hmm. is. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, dang, what could her mission be? And so I started thinking, 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 thinking. And I have no basis of, I, I can't back this up at all, but I was like, she's on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. So she's in like the capital of the New Republic, at least for now. She could be doing something like real, what's the word? Not um, the word I'm thinking is dramatic, but she could be doing something real serious with like, she's just right there. She's at the capital. Yeah. And I thought about, um, and I don't remember in Res- I know you haven't watched Star Wars Resistance, but mm-hmm. you know the senator uh, Zamona is that his name? The guy sure. that's always giving static to um, Hera. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah 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 yeah. I think that's his name. Anyways, I was kind of wondering like I wonder if she's like hmm. pulling some strings pulling, there yeah. and just kind of like what's her mission? I don't huh. know. I guess we'll find out in season four. But yeah. I was just thinking about that. I was like, oh, that's a total loose thread that I had not even picked up on or considered at all. Yeah, and I think, I know we weren't doing the podcast when Mando Season 3 was going on, but mm. I, as I, if I sit and think about that season, mm. I remember there being so many, so many threads that were just mm. like, it, it wasn't, they weren't like plot holes, but they were just like different things that were dropped in there, like the turtle scene, like, like that right, comment right. about the mission. It's like, they left all these little breadcrumbs that may have just been there to like make just for the sake of speculating, but you could go in a lot of different directions with some of the stuff that they kind of just threw in very uh, haphazardly into that season. Well, yeah, because even like the like just return to your mission that can mean nothing, you, right? You know, it right. can mean nothing. Maybe her mission is just keep causing mischief and spying on stuff. Like, yeah, that could be it. Yeah, but I was just like, what? It what just if felt there so was like. More? Oh, so there's like a mission. What's her, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But uh season 3 of Mando, it's it's interesting. I mean, they're, you know, obviously the scope got pretty big. They're, you know, they're retaking Mandalore. I I like you know, the arc from season 1 to season 3. It just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. I do think that we're going to get a little bit of a return to form, so to speak, with the next season. You yeah, know? kind I of think, a reset a little bit. Cuz you know, it ends with here we are talking Mando season three, not really on the docket for today, but here we go. Um, you know, it ends with 
Mando and Grogu just kind of like sitting at their little property. You know he's going to go off and run some missions with Carson Tava. Mm -hmm. It kind of feels like it could be a bit more like season one where it's like adventure of the week type thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, just think about, think about the opening scene of season one, episode one. Absolutely. Mando just, you know, the the door slides open. He walks into the bar. It's like, here we are. Brand new story setting the table. This guy's just out here doing missions. I could I could see season four opening almost identical to that. Even yeah. whether whether intentional or not, could even be I, I I could see Dave Filoni or somebody throwing that in there as like a as a callback, mm. like maybe do a carbon copy of season one oh, episode one opening saying. scene. It's like poetry; it rhymes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting now. Yeah, that would yeah, be cool. What but what seems like they're setting up for is. And Mando said as much in the scene where he's talking to Carson Tava. It's like, you know, I can't really be taking this kid on, you know, bounty hunting. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's, like, some stuff that we can be doing with these Imperial remnants. Like, that might be something more up my alley. So, yeah. I could see, you know, Mando essentially, like, hunting down an Imperial remnant, which would be That'd so be awesome. cool. I yeah. mean, think about it. Because, like, I mean, he's got no love for the Empire. They, you know, those, those it's the Imperial warlords that are that essentially were trying to take Grogu back so right man what an interesting thing that'll be I will say now that you mentioned this I forgot to say this last week um but there you know this is around the time of year where like leaks start to come out of like the new Lego sets that are coming out and there is a leak floating around I think it's been verified at this point but they're coming out with like a Mandalorian battle pack just a small like twenty thirty dollar set, and it's going to mm-hmm. come with two of those super commandos in it from Moff Gideon's army. And I am stoked out of my mind oh, to get many cool. figures of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole the whole like Moff Gideon thing is like he's not dead, or if he is, one of those clones had to have survived. Like yeah. you, you don't you don't Giancarlo like every time he's on the screen, it's just like come on, dude. Yeah, he's so awesome. I mean, there's. I, I don't think like there's any way that yeah, they don't. Yeah, even think about, like, another loose thread was just think about the the clones of him. Right. And the fact that in an instant, it was just like, oh, they're gone now. Now, I, I, I have a wild theory speculation that the one that opened its eyes is still alive. I, I kind of feel like. Because you remember there was that scene where he, like, yep. opens his eyes. Yep. And Moff Gideon says, like, before they'd even drawn their first breath, you, you killed them or whatever. And it's like, maybe that one, quote, unquote woke up actually was alive and was able to figure out a way to get out before they destroyed all the tanks. Mm. I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch the scene, but yeah. even even if you you know kind of see them all being destroyed, come on. It's Star Wars like yeah. they'll, they'll oh somehow one <laughs> somehow one survived. Yeah. Um anyways, uh let's do some let's do some quick programming notes and then we'll We'll get into the episode proper today. We're mainly just going to be talking about some Star Wars news. No sooner did we finish our last pod, I think you left my place. I Googled Star Wars, and it was like, Dave Filoni is chief creative officer. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, along with a few other things. Programming notes, we will be back next week. And... um, we got we got a wild we got a wild plan. Cameron, you want to tell these people what we think we're going to be doing for them for for Christmas this year, just well, out of the goodness of our hearts. Yeah, it's the giving season, um, and, and this idea literally just came up like eight minutes ago, and I was all for it. But Tyler mentioned us watching the holiday special, which is a fantastic idea because I've never seen it, and I've always wanted to, um, <laughs> and you know with. 
What was it in the season of Boba Fett that like became canon because of? There's, what, there's it's like qu- Boba Fett like riding yeah, I mean, on there's, the there's, Rancor. There's quite a few things. Um, he wrote a Mythosaur. Mythosaur, in, that's what it was. In, yeah. In the um, there's like a basically there's just it's the best part of the holiday special really. There's like an animated featurette mm-hmm. of Boba Fett with Luke and Han and everything. So it's like the first Star Wars animated thing was actually in the holiday special. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on. Okay, go ahead. The holiday special is not animated. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm really excited about. Because I've only ever seen like screenshots of the animated stuff like Boba Fett on the Mythosaur. I just assumed it was just all a cartoon. Not, you know what? My lips are sealed. I'm not going to spoil Dude, it for you. Dude, okay. Well, the plot thickens. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do that for the next episode. We're going to watch it. And uh, are we going to do like a watch along? Is that what I we're think that's the plan. Here? We're going we're gonna to see. I think we should be able to do that. So so basically, you, you don't want to miss Cameron watching the holiday special for the first time i mean what a great way to spend your holidays listener i mean think of it this way you can listen to it just and get the uh what i'm sure will be comedic spectacle of 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 us talking about it or you can turn the holiday special on watch it along with us if you are that brave Mm -hmm. uh and i just want to say in advance um you're welcome slash i'm sorry yeah um but yeah, that's what we're going to do next week. You don't want to miss it, so make sure that you are subscribed um, An Apple Podcast, following along on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow along on Instagram, Star Wars After Party Pod. Yep. Uh, as always, we're, we're loving to hear from you, so you can shoot feedback over to StarWarsAfterParty at gmail.com. Write us, or even better... Record a voice memo on your phone. Send it that way. We'll play you right here. Maybe, maybe you want to talk to us about the holiday special. Yeah, feel free. I would love to know what your thoughts on the holiday special are. So if you want to shoot a memo over that way, um, other things. We, it's been a while since we've gotten some ratings and reviews. Um, I, I looked the other day, and they kind of seemed like they were where they were when we wrapped up Ahsoka. I know more people are listening to our show when there are Star Wars shows happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're listening now, you 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 must you, you're locked into Star Wars after party. Like you're part yeah. of the crew. So if you don't mind, just a quick five star rating, a review would be even better. It really it really bumps us up than the old podcasting algorithm. We yeah. appreciate it. Most of all, we appreciate you listening. Yep. And if you got friends that are into Star Wars, you know, feel free to uh, send us along to them. That said. Let's jump into this news. What do you say? Yeah. So we'll we'll start with the uh, kind of the 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 biggest thing on the docket here, which is Dave Filoni um, got a bit of a promotion, I guess you could say. He um, uh, from Variety, uh, Dave Filoni is now the chief creative officer at Lucasfilm. And he's going to be planning the future of Star Wars films and shows. He still holds his title that he's had since 2020, uh, Executive Vice President. Uh, but now he's he's got this extra title, I suppose, mm-hmm. where he's going to be, you know, leaning in a little bit more heavily to the overall creative direction Gosh. of Lucasfilm, uh, particularly Rejoice. You know, Star Wars. Um, let me read this clip here and, or this quote here and, and, you know, we can, we can discuss a little bit, Cameron. Uh, so Dave said this in the past, in a lot of projects, I would be brought into it. I would see it 
after it had already developed a good ways. In this new role, it's opened up to basically everything that's going on. When we're planning the future of what we're doing now, I'm involved at the inception phase. So let's uh, l let's sit right there for a second. Um, what are your thoughts just right off the jump there, Cameron? Uh, that is extremely exciting to me. Um, obviously, I don't think there's anybody that's more deserving of, of that role. Um, but to, it, it just paints a picture of like the contrast of what it, it'll be in the future versus what it has been. Because what we've been mm. getting is, like he's saying, Star Wars, where he is working with what's already been kind of handed to him to make it make sense. Yeah. And we know through all of his work on Clone Wars and everything that, that Filoni's done and, um, you know, trained under uh, George Lucas, basically, I'm excited to see the contrast of what the future looks like for him to be involved in, like, building things from the ground up. Because as we've seen through Clone Wars, um, Filoni's really great at being very future-minded about yes. where things are going. Um so rather than, hey, let's do this show about a Mandalorian and then figure it out and pull somebody like him in to consult and make it fit into the timeline, um, I feel like Dave Filoni's, I don't think there's anybody that would have more foresight than him to be like, okay, we're going to do show X and him immediately as you're writing show X to already be thinking the future of mm -hmm. like how this may tie into another TV show or right. comic books or um, novels, movies, like video games, whatever, like, I, I just, I always have looked at Dave Filoni as like a, as a really big picture guy. Yeah. Well, it seems obvious now that we've watched him for 15 years, mm -hmm. um, you know, his, his first thing was, was with George, the Clone Wars movie, 2008, mm -hmm. you know, so it's been 15 years, and just by saying that, obviously, he's gonna... He's gonna pay off what he's what he's putting out. I mean, we we've seen Ahsoka go from this you know thirteen year old first day Padawan to what we just saw in in Ahsoka yeah. season one. Um, I like that about Dave. You know, we we had mentioned on previous pods. There's like all this random stuff. Look at Mortis. Mm -hmm. You know, Mortis was 2011. Yep. And then here we are in 2023. It's it's paying off in an even crazier way. We talked about before, like, the Zillow Beast was in some random yep. episode of Clone Wars, and it comes back in Bad Batch, and it actually has this, like, there's ramifications to it. Like, he's constantly paying things off, tying things together. And, you know, it, to my taste, because I know, I know Filoni is not every Star Wars fan's favorite, and not everybody has, you know, all his stuff at the top of their list, but... At least for me, you know, I feel like he does a great job with anything from aesthetic to um, storytelling, lore, uh, bringing in some more mythological sides. And, and certainly, I would say one thing that I feel that all of his projects have is like a, a, a deep emotional journey, impactful journey. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great way of saying it. And and, you know. I'm that's what I look for in Star Wars is all those things. He mm -hmm. feels the most like a complete package. It's not that there's not other storytellers that might be all those things I listed. There may be other people, think about like people like John Favreau, Tony Gilroy, you know, um, that might do some of those things better than Dave. I'm not, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. suggesting that there's not 
but but that's what's so great about this is that now Dave can come alongside of these other creators yep and really tie things together let me read this kind of get clip. up underneath and and yeah real real quick as you mm-hmm. were saying as you were talking I was thinking about this like think about what the Clone Wars was Clone mm-hmm. Wars was a, a kids TV show at first Ahsoka right. is a just Disney Plus original show I I feel like Dave can do such a good job of satisfying all levels of Star Wars fans because you can watch Clone Wars and just enjoy Star Wars on a very surface level. You can watch Clone Wars and get deep into things like Mortis and the World Between Worlds and then have that tie into Ahsoka. Like you could also watch Ahsoka as a very surface level fan, mm-hmm. not knowing anything about uh, Rebels or Clone Wars and enjoy like that. That's why I think he's such a, a powerhouse is because he he can figure out a way to write things in a way that that you can kind of it's like choose your destiny. It's like you can, yeah, you can that's cool, decide yeah. how deep you want to go into it. And then like you're saying, like for him to be able to get up under people like Tony Gilroy and John Favreau and people that write in different ways. Right. And kind of uh not box them in, but but well, let me read this quote because this is exactly what he's talking about. So okay. check this out. I'm not telling people what to do, he added, but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story that they want to tell. I need to be a help across the galaxy here, like a part of the Jedi Council almost. To truly help filmmakers, it was really important for me to experience it firsthand. I can also lend perspective on the challenges that telling these stories will present. Mm. I feel more capable of actually being helpful outside of just saying, well, Jedi are like this and Sith are like that. Mm -hmm. Then the last thing he says here is that um, literally hours now of Star Wars storytelling I have done. And he says, see, I even phrase that like Yoda. Um, <laughs> this is what you're, you're saying. And, yeah. and, and I, maybe, maybe, maybe I feel like I have a slightly, I'm not saying more of an understanding, but I, I understand where Dave's coming from because I've, I found myself in creative situations where I'm maybe not the artist, but my job is like to help the artist and it is a different skill set than just doing something yourself Mm -hmm. but what's helpful is when you understand the challenges of the medium of the thing that you're trying to do you're able to sort of help navigate people so that they i don't want to say learn from your mistakes but it's more like this when i go into something new i always have this attitude of if i don't know how to do something and someone else has done it before, I always think, wow, that's cool. I can get five years of wisdom in like a month. Mm-hmm. Because they've already done all this work, and, and that's what I feel like has happened with Dave. Yep. Dave has been doing this for 15 years. So any Star Wars storyteller or creator that comes alongside Dave and, and mm-hmm. they're working together, they have this deep thing that Dave has already put in the work on, yep. and all it's going to do is supplement their natural skills. No one can tell a and or like story like Tony, Tony Gilroy yep. can. But I'm I'm not let me just say this. I love Andor, but I'm not telling the full truth if I don't say that there aren't moments of it that I'm like, yeah, as great as this is and as glad as I am to have it and it's not even that I would change anything, but it doesn't have the same core thing that feels Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing. Well, if you do that, then if you add that in, is that not as good of a show? I don't know. I don't know. But what I like to think is that someone like Filoni, alongside these creators, can't just 
help strike this like magical balance at least and I know that I'm just one of millions of Star Wars fans but I really felt when I was watching Star Wars I was or Ahsoka that I was watching as close to Star Wars that sorry as close to George Lucas Star Wars as I have seen since yeah. 2005 yep. and I think that that says something at least for me yeah. and so if he can bring that sort of I don't know that it's authenticity but just that it's almost like it's we like watch pure well, it's like when we watch Ahsoka, like there are things that from master to apprentice to master to apprentice um, that is played out on screen. I feel like that the same thing is happening in real life here. Yeah. When you're working with Dave Filoni, you are in the lineage of George Lucas. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the things you're going to do are going to be reminiscent of the George Lucas era of Star Wars. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Dave has the possibility of bringing. Yeah, I feel like Dave's, I mean, and... You know, call it what you will. We're we're big fans of Dave Filoni, and and not not blindly, but just consuming his 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 flavor his, of Star his Wars track for record so long. Is pretty killer, Clone Wars, Rebels, I don't, Ahsoka. Yeah, I don't see anything in. I don't see any any agenda in him other than just creating conducive, good Star Wars storytelling. And like, I love that in that quote, he mentioned something about helping writers with the challenges mm -hmm. challenges because you could see that from two from two different ways you can see that from like the production challenges that may come about right but i look at it as dave filoni seems to keep a really good finger on the pulse of the fandom so mm, when he says challenges i kind of think of it from that perspective i i look at dave filoni as someone within lucasfilm under disney as someone who is trying to bridge the gap and hold the balance between Star Wars fans and creating quality content. So I feel like when I look at Dave, I almost look at someone within the machine, the big overarching Disney that's like one of us. I agree. So by challenges, I think, you know, maybe he could, I hear that as him being able to express, you know, potential reactions or how things may be interpreted by hardcore <laughs> maybe, fans. Maybe, maybe don't have Luke Skywalker throw the lightsaber over his shoulder. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, and again, actually, I've I've sort of 360 on that. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I watch it now, and it feels more like a uh, just this like monk who's lived on a mountainside by himself for a few years, just thinking this is stupid. I'm not doing this. So I, I I've kind of come around to it, but but I will say that like what you're saying. I feel like they'd be like, listen, man, a lot of fans are not going to like that. Maybe we can find a different way of doing that. Or maybe yeah. he just drops it. Like, maybe yep. he doesn't have to. So, or to push and be like, hey, just so you, this is how I'm interpreting this. This may be responded dude, to. Yes. Are you, are, are, how confident are you in this decision? Because you just need to know on the front that this is going to make a lot of people angry. So, like, so to kind of pushing, great, yeah. pushing creators to be like, okay, is this really a bone that I want to pick? Let, let me real fast interject again, not to like spend too much time talking about myself, but like when I'm producing music, one thing that I'll do is I'll listen to a, a track and I will tell the person I'm working with, hey, this is how this makes me feel. Mm -hmm. I'll give like real quick example. So, verse two feels like it's it's dipping in energy. Um, is that your intention? Do you want it to dip in energy? Because it feels like a slight dip. Yeah. The artist can say one of two things. Uh, actually, no, I don't want it to dip. Okay, well, it does kind of feel that way. Listen back. They might go, oh, yeah, it does. 
what can we do to add some energy back in? Or they might say, yeah, I want it to dip. Yep. And then I might go, well, it does, but it's not super apparent. Like mm-hmm. it, it just kind of feels like it's sort of, so what if we just like remove the drums? Oh, now it's very apparent that it's supposed to drop energy. Yeah. And that's, that's what you're saying. Yep. You know, it's this idea of like, is it supposed to come? Is that moment where he throws the lightsaber, is that supposed to come off as like almost like a joke or is that supposed to come off like this? It feels like this to me. Creator might then go, that's not how I intended it at mm. all. Well, let's make sure that your intentions are a little bit more clear for the audience. So yep. I think that's what you're saying. And I do yeah. think it's both and. I think it's also the challenges of working with the volume. Me personally, when I see that Dave Filoni is the director of anything from Mando, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, I feel like the volume is used better than any other director. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it is also the ability to be like, hey, I've learned that when you use the volume for shots like this, maybe you should do that. And I don't know any of that stuff. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a videographer or whatever. I'm not a director. But... I think they, that you're right to bring that up because I think it is that too and it's the lore stuff and the have you considered this reaction. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Dave, just because I don't think that great artists do this, but what I, but I, I see where I feel like maybe this is what you were saying. I don't know that Dave necessarily does things and goes, oh, the fans are going to love this. I just think that Dave is a fan. Mm-hmm. And so he can just do what he really likes and that's going to resonate with other Star Wars fans. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm overall, I'm pretty excited. Let's do this for every little news thing we're going to talk about today. We're going to put like a little percentage on it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Likelihood of something happening. Likelihood that this marks sort of a Mm. renewal in terms of overall fan appreciation of the things happening on screen. I will say this. This is something that should have been done for the sequel trilogy, right? For like, sure. There was no one that was talking to all these creators from the inception of it till the end of it. And so that kind of explains some of the weird tonal shifts throughout the sequel trilogy. Yeah. That said, what's the percentage likelihood that this is going to ultimately be a good thing? Uh, so on one side is it's a good thing. It's great for Star Wars. Fans are really going to enjoy it. On the other side is Dave Filoni is the next one on the chopping block. When this doesn't work, he's going to be the one to get blamed and he gets fired. Ooh. So what's the percentage likelihood that this is going to be a positive thing? I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I'm going to go 85%. This is going to be a solid thing. I personally am 100% excited for it. I think it's great to have Dave in this kind of, um, this kind of role. Yeah, I'll match you at eighty five percent. All right, cool. Yeah, I think I think that's a solid. I think that's a solid amount. I mean, and and we may, we may be like overthinking it. You know, there there may not be that that significant of changes, but you know, your mind does kind of wander, and you're like, well, this could be insane. And I think I wonder, and this is just a little little speculation here, as far as like Disney politics, and we you know we don't get on this podcast to like talk bad about stuff like the the intent of this podcast is room remain positive about star wars and just excitement and stuff but like i wonder if this wasn't because you know there's a lot of kathleen kennedy hate right now 
I well, wonder. It, oh, it definitely happened right after that South Park episode, which I don't know if you saw. Oh yeah, yeah. But it dude. was like right after the Pandaverse thing happened. Yeah. Where that I feel insane. like a lot of people who maybe didn't know Kathleen Kennedy's name they now know, know her now. name. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I, there weren't millions like, of people already who were. And and yeah. th- there have been loud voices within the fandom that have been calling, you know, fire Kathleen Kennedy, get her out of there, whatever. And I don't, I don't. See Disney as being an an organization that would respond to that, but I do see them making a very strategic decision like this to be like, all right, all right, listen, we we hear you. We're we're not getting rid of Kathleen, but we're gonna give you, we're gonna trade you, Dave, in a more more hands on, involved role from the inception of of creative projects. So. I think it that might have been a little bit of um and not not saying that Dave is not deserving of it, but it kind of satisfied two things. It's like, all right, sure, here's a shift where we can kind of change some of the some of the storytelling and like breathe some new life into how things are done, um, and kind of hedge hedge our bets a little bit, I guess. Real quick, I didn't have this on the docket, but I'm gonna read this. I read this the other day, I was like, wild go for wild it. that he said this oh no bob Iger, dude i don't know if you've heard this he's quote. flying off the rails did man. you so you might have heard this quote you mentioned earlier that you didn't feel like dave had necessarily an agenda which i agree i think he's just you writing stories and right we've talked about it for eight episodes while we discussed soka but <laughs> bob Iger had this say creators lost sight of he's talking about disney creators lost sight of their number one objective needed to be of what their number one objective needed to be, we have to entertain first. It's not about messages. Wow. We have entertained with values and with having a positive impact on the world in many different ways. Black Panther is a great example of that. I, Tyler Bakken's agree. Um, I like being able to entertain if you can infuse it with positive messages and have a good impact on the world. Fantastic. Yep. But that should not be the objective. When I came back, what I really tried to do is return to our roots. Mm. Go off, Bob. Man, uh, this is wild. We're not going to hang out there. This, yeah. is, this is minefield. But Wait. no, I mean that's a great that, that's a great way of looking. At it. I mean, you think about you think about the need and how important it is to have like strong strong female uh, characters, and you think about Clone Wars and the way that Clone Wars is written and like the development sure. of Ahsoka. Yeah, like it. You focused on this story and this character, and it wasn't about who that person was. It was just, Oh, this is she, like, you get to watch her develop from a child mm-hmm. into this strong. So anyways, the same way. I mean, she was, you know, like positive, positive yeah. messages and like in, how it impacts the world and stuff. Like it makes you think. And the way, even the way that the original trilogy was written about this, you know, the underdog and the story of, of good and evil and it's those, just the, their undertones. Yeah. And you walk away from it, like thinking about the world through that perspective. Well, it's almost like if you can if you can see it so plainly written, it's almost not as valuable. Which yeah, that's I would agree. Like the way I think about it in art and creation is like you have to dig for treasure. Is the way Mm -hmm. I like to that's the analogy I like to use. And so if something's just sitting there, and it's just like I think of, I don't hate it. It doesn't really bother me. But you know, I I think about like Ray in the first thirty minutes of the Force Awakens. Like, don't hold my hand. It's like I get it. She is strong and capable. You can just show me that. I don't know that I need the like Finn's holding her hand and he's I don't need being, my hand held to get there. It's, exactly. To like, to see, yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I understand that mm-hmm. she is strong and capable. I've 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 watched her. I've seen it already in this movie when she like 
hit that Tito guy on that. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. She's tough. I, I get don't, it. I don't want to watch something, and as the scene is, is unfolding, I'm thinking in my head, oh, here's the lesson on X. Exactly. This is how it exactly. starts, and this is where it's going. And this exactly. Is how it is. I want to watch something whole, like I want to watch an entire thing and then think about the undertones of it and like think about the character development and think about who the person is rather than be like handheld through a lesson. And yeah. that's what George did so well. That's and what George so did. many Absolutely. themes of like the original trilogy. But anyways. Yeah. We'll uh we'll we'll jump off that, jump back onto Taika Watiti. This uh, yes. guy is like such a gem when it comes to like quotes and stuff. He said the other day, um I, I don't I don't think we talked about it on the podcast yet, but like he, they were asking about a Star Wars movie. He's like, it's gonna be dramatic pause, a Taika Watiti film. It's gonna piss people off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I know he's just joking, but I, I guess you can say that about every Star Wars film. There's no way you can make one that just appeals to everyone. To everyone. Yeah. Uh, so here's a quote I pulled. Uh, this is just something that he said a couple couple days ago. Um, I've been developing the Star Wars film for a few years, but I think with any film, but that one in particular, it's something I'd really like to get right, so I don't want to rush it. It's going to bubble along on the side. I want to capture the joy and entertainment of those early ones, like The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and all those mm -hmm. ones. So I'm going to figure that out. It'll happen. Let's just start with the percentages now. <laughs> Percentage that this is going to happen. That what's going to happen? That Taika is going to put out a Star it? Wars movie. Uh, period. I don't know, because didn't, didn't we read a quote from an article like a couple weeks ago about someone kind of like throwing a little shade at Taika Waititi about him taking way too long on projects. Yeah. Was, well, it was just like, I don't know. I the writer's strike Kathleen, and everything happened. Yeah, but Kevin yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, yeah, it needs a third act or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like this quote, he's talking about, I need to inject it with all this stuff. That doesn't sound like just in the last third act, I need to put this in. That sounds like I've got to figure out a, it, it feels like he's talking about the whole film. It feels right, it feels yeah. like he hasn't cracked it yet. But then you hear quotes where Kathleen Kennedy's like, it needs a third act. Like, does it need a third act or does it need to be written? Like, what? It's so strange, man. And Taika even just said some stuff in the press recently where he was like, he, which I don't necessarily have a problem with this inherently, but he basically was like, yeah, I just did those Thor movies for the paycheck. He's like, I wasn't really a big Thor fan. Man. <laughs> Which I mean, he's something else. <laughs> which I mean, um, Ragnarok is great. I even I didn't I didn't hate Love Love and Thunder as much as a lot of other people. Pretty I don't sure it was as I good saw. As Ragnarok, but I think I saw Ragnarok. I haven't seen Love and Thunder though. But it's just it's he just I feel like Taika Waititi is in this weird place because he's a director, he's a writer, but he's also like an actor. Like mm -hmm. he he was in this great show called Our Flag Means Death, where he plays Blackbeard. Really funny it's HBO show huh. with a uh, Reese Darby. Um, really, really Never funny. Heard of it. Um, it, it just feels like I hear about Taika Waititi more than any other creator in Star Wars, and it seems like I keep hearing about him, and nothing is really happening. And so yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember that it's not necessarily his fault, mm -hmm. but it's just like every time I hear about Taika Waititi for the last two years, it's like. Oh yeah, doing a Star Wars movie. Uh, it's gonna have to sit on the side and bubble. Uh, it's just—is it ever gonna happen? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying because like he, 
he does seem to find a way to like keep himself in headlines. And I think it might be some of that energy coming off of like, I'm sure as a creator, once you get a lot of hate for something, you have a choice to make. It's like, all right, I'm either going to lean into this and be really cynical right. and sarcastic about it, or I'll kind of like hide in the shadows. And I see him as being someone, uh, maybe a bit egotistical to just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, just kind of find a way to, to make himself, uh, relevant or stay in the headlines but i don't i'll give it i'll give it like a 55 percent chance that it happens and i'll say that because on one hand taika has already done things within the star wars universe so we know he's capable sure um, he did the finale of season one of mando we Great know episode yeah we know that star wars or lucasfilm has not shied away from like they're not going to just they're not super keen on just shelving something but they've certainly done it enough bob Iger's now back in the picture and like now we've got this this more intentional like well we're just going to focus on like good content so i'll put it at a 50 and you think about dave filoni having a creative hand and stuff from inception now so i i see it going both ways where you've got like bob Iger and dave filoni being a bit more strategic maybe about mm-hmm. projects mm-hmm. and i see taika watiti is kind of a or at least he presents himself as like kind of a loose cannon right and i think i, I could see that going south and like mm-hmm. being lots of red tape around his project bob Iger pushing back on stuff sure. dave filoni pushing back on stuff taika watiti not wanting to he wants to kind of be the bad boy and just like yeah i'll just i'll work on it his 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 films and like 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 i said earlier his films are certainly his films yeah they're weird i like him i mean i thought jojo rabbit was really solid um again i I really love ragnarok and he he was heavily involved in fly the concords and i really like that show a lot too so yeah I, I tend to like what he does for the most part. I just find a lot of the conversation around his film to be... Just, I just greet it with an eye roll. But it's not necessarily his fault. Because the thing is, like people are asking him these questions. Yeah. So I don't want to be unfair and, and, and but, you know... I mean, that, that quote that you just read breathes is a little bit more... A little, like a little bit more optimism, I think, into his project. To hear that as... To, for him to be the way that he is as a creator... To also acknowledge that he has like this this idea of capturing like yeah the Empire joy Strikes of the back, original trilogy which yeah. I think should be every Star Wars creator's goal so good for on sure. him for recognizing that that is a hundred percent like something that should be in every Star Wars film so yep. I'll, I'll put it forty percent chance that it happens at all but I'm only going to go twenty percent chance that it happens before twenty thirty oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, let's talk about Knights of the Old Republic for a sec. We mentioned this briefly a few weeks ago when we were discussing some news, and I'm going to go, this has been a wild ride. I was trying to like, in my head, I was like, how long has this been going on, and who's who? who what studio is doing it now? And Okay, so I'm going to read off, if you can bear with me, Cameron, for about a minute. All right. I, I, I kind of put together a little timeline. I got a couple quotes here. I'm just going to put this whole thing in perspective, and okay. now I'm going to get your take on whether this is going to happen or not. September 2021, the remake, the KOTOR remake was announced by Aspire. They said that they were going to have a lot of the original cast back. 
um, that they were going to do some 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 writing, and obviously they're they're building it up, building the game from the ground up. Okay, that's September twenty one, July of twenty twenty two. Bloomberg reported that the game was delayed indefinitely after Aspire abruptly fired the game's art director and design director. Bloomberg stated that this occurred after the Vertical Slice demo was shown to production partners Sony and Lucasfilm. Aspire's studio heads put the project on hold as the demo gameplay, quote, wasn't where they wanted it to be, according to two people who were in the meeting. So at that point, it's like, all right, this game looks terrible. This is not going to work for Sony because it was a PS5 exclusive um, and Lucasfilm. Uh, So... That's July 2022. August 2022, it was moved from Aspire to Saber Interactive. Both are owned by a a studio called Embracer. Okay? So that was August 22. One year later, November 2023, during a financial presentation, Embracer CEO Lars Wingfors remained tight-lipped when asked how he was feeling about the KOTOR remake. Mm -hmm. Quote, I notice that anything I say to this becomes a headline, so that is my only comment. That's it. Okay. In response to this, Giant Bomb's Jeff Grubb, who, from what I can gather, is a video game designer and developer, um, so I guess he has some context in the industry, Mm -hmm. of course, has stated that the game is, quote, not being worked on right now, according to sources close to the project. Quote, Full stop, this game is not being worked on in any way at any studio. Full stop. (laughs) All right, so then, sources at Saber Interactive, after this quote came out, sources at Saber Interactive have told Bloomberg's Jason Schreier that the KOTOR remake is still being worked on, contradicting this week's previous report that the game was, quote, not being worked on in any way at any at any studio, uh, Jason was able to confirm that at least two people were currently working on the KOTOR game. Hmm. That's where we're at. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like they need a consolidated PR person for uh, for the coverage on this because all over people are just flying, just firing on all cylinders. Who knows what's going on in this game, man? I gotta say, we talked about it. I I can't remember this is so funny. I can't remember if you and I talked about this when we last spoke or if I was talking about this with friend of the pod Brandon Grove yep. at a Thanksgiving party last week. Um that said, it 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 seems to me like it would just be so it would be so high on my priority list if I'm Lucasfilm to make Kotor happen. Seriously. Because not only is it going to ingratiate them with hard, hardcore, old-school Star Wars fans, yep. it was a fantastic game. Yeah. And there's a whole generation of people who are just ready to play it. And if if they can do it justice, then it will absolutely crush. It, it, it's fantastic. So my likelihood of it coming out, God, dude, I hate to say it. Question mark. I'll go, I'm going to try to be optimistic. I'm going to go 35%. 35% um, will get a KOTOR remake by this studio. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Cameron, Yeah. what's your percentage? Uh, 
I'll I'll go a little bit more optimistic and say like forty five percent. Maybe right. I mean it just it like you're saying it it just makes sense because you've got we've got so much brand new Star Wars content coming out. Right. You're obviously, not going to go back and like remake a new hope and like re-release it but video games that are highly regarded for fans are a fantastic opportunity to bring something old that worked and just revamp it and re-release it and and and, and improve on it i mean we talked about this extensively with like old video games like sometimes the graphics don't hold up and you still play them for the nostalgia of it, but mm. but there's so many times like I even think about um Star Wars Republic Commando. Yeah. Like it was so I remember the first time I saw Republic Commandos, I was like, holy cow, those things, those guys look awesome. Right. And I think about that game that was only released for like Xbox or Yeah, I think it, you're right. I yeah, think it was 360. It, like no, before three sixty. Oh really? This is like Xbox. Oh yeah, it would have been like oh, full two. stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's no, yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. And I, I think about I was that thinking game. PS two, but that's right because they're a generation behind. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like stuff like that to just bring it, you know, and and very. I feel like from a financial perspective, like minimal overhead on writing and developing when you've got something that like maybe 80% works and you're like, okay, yeah. let's do a carbon copy, update graphics, update some things about it, update some of the features and then add another 20% of rewriting in here and yeah, just kind of know. like tighten stuff up. I don't know if that makes it easier or harder. Hmm. I, I, I've had to like, quote unquote, like restart certain jobs before where it's or or projects before where it's like we're going to keep 80% of this and we're going to do it sometimes it's it's almost even yeah i don't know i mean i i, I genuinely don't know you mm -hmm. might be totally right i i just i don't know how that would work well i think about a video game i think about like all right here's the starting point here's the ending point here are all of the other like milestones within the game and those if, milestones are different missions so it's they like got let, all that yeah, yeah you're right you're like, right let's look yeah. at that and be like okay uh, this mission Kind of sucked, or it could be better. This one was perfect as it was. Sure, starting point is great, ending point is great. Like, kill the crate dragon, get the get the little diamond that comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then you add in what we all love in video games is like customization. It's like all right, so what of our which what is are, already very strong. In what the game, are the yeah. new? Yeah. So, all right. Well, here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to know, Cameron. Again, me and Brandon were talking about this. <laughs> I mean, what's what's the percentage chance? That you're gonna play Kotor, so we can talk about it on this Listen, podcast. It's on, so I don't want to spoil you. I don't want to spoil you, dude. Yeah, Brandon and I. So we hung out yesterday afternoon, actually, and um, we talked about this a little bit. And I told him, just like I told you this past week, this afternoon I have a very specific list of things that I want to do regarding just chilling, play drums a little bit, okay, clean up a little bit, just get a little cleaning going. Kotor is on the checklist. Come on. I have a I have a checklist Come for on. every day of the week because I'm a psychopath and Kotor is at the top of my list for today. What so are you playing on? Xbox. I, I bought it. I bought it like like months ago. You got it. I, I yeah, I've had it. I played for like fifteen or twenty minutes and then you Here's know. my concern though, you're going out of town. Yeah. You took no, your I'm, Xbox I'm, with you? No. Well, shoot. I could. I'll have a lot of downtime in the That's hotel. That's what I'm trying to say. You can mm. beat it by the next time we talk. We can be podding about Kotor by the end of the year. See, I was going to say get it on get it on Switch or get it on your iPad. 
You know, can you play it on iPad? Yeah, I, I had it on iPad like ten years ago. Is it works, good? I'm pretty like, sure. Yeah, I, I. It's been ten years since I've done it, but yeah, I played it on the iPad back in like 2011, 2012. That I, I may, I'll look into that because I'll be in, I'll be on a plane for that's six what, hours next week so that's why i was thinking like let's just get it on a switch for you man all it's right like 10 all right bucks, it's gonna happen know? because and brandon told me yesterday he's like no i don't want i don't want it to be a me and tyler thing and cameron's out that week it needs to be no, all three of let's us all, let's all get together yeah i want yeah. brandon on the pod talking kotor all right because he and i have had very many spirited discussions about kotor and so, yeah, I think listeners be great. listeners check in on me this week. Send okay. us a send us a DM or an email, or if you've got my number, text me and ask me Pers- and say, "Hey, have you been playing?" <laughs> I'm gonna definitely whenever I'm listening to this to make sure that you generally I download the episode like six in the morning the, the day it drops, and I just give it a quick listen through to make sure everything sounds good. So I'll probably send you a text around six thirty that's like, "Hey, man, you playing Kotor?" Yep. Uh, percentage chance that Cameron's gonna play Kotor? I'm gonna go high. I'm going to go 95% chance. Okay, I'm going to do I'm it. I'm going real high for you, dude. I do want to admit, though, so I said last pod, I said by the next time we pod, it's going to be two weeks, I'm going to play Star Wars Squadron. Mm-hmm. It has not even gone into my disc player. Like, Dang. I've not, it's not even, I, I thought about it many times, many times, <laughs> and I did not play it a single time. Shame. Uh, let's move on to this last bit of Star I've, Wars news. I've got KOTOR pulled up in the App Store 4.99. There it is. Aspire Media. That's what you want. You 4.3 out of 5 reviews for a game that is on an iPad or an iPhone. I'm going to do it. All right. So, the last bit of news I want to discuss. Um it's news kind of I'm going to say so I saw some headlines this week that basically said that there, there's a there's a issue of Empire magazine coming out in January, and there's a little article that says the Jedi are coming, um, and it says that we have three 2024 Star Wars series coming out. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this because I I I'm not as convinced as some of these other people writing headlines um, that this is happening. So. Um, 2024 gives us a new hope. The second season of Andor promises political complications as the rebellion grows, while the Amblinish skeleton crew stars a Jedi, Jude Law, and a bunch of kids on some post-return of the Jedi adventure. Freshest of the lot, though, may well be the Acolyte. So, let's pause for a sec. They don't necessarily say, and there's like it kind of reads a little bit more casual. Like, yeah, yeah. Andor's coming, Acolyte's coming, um, and Skeleton Crew are coming. Skeleton Crew, one hundred percent, we're gonna get it twenty twenty four. I wouldn't be surprised if it does the that that March slot that Mando did last year. Yeah, where we get it from March to May. That Skeleton Crew. And that we don't similarly to Ahsoka get the acolyte in the late summer, early fall. Yeah. But to get all three plus season three of Bad Batch, which is yeah, most dude. certainly going to happen next year, I can't see us getting three of that's them. That's a bit. Uh, that's a bit overzealous. They, I would they, say they kind of did it before. You know, we got Boba Fett 
which technically was the the first episode was like December 29th of 22. That's what I was going to say. Like if they say coming in 2024, like maybe the pilot episode of one of these shows is like last week in December. Maybe, but I I don't, I don't think that uh, Andor is going to be ready. No, I don't think Andor is going to be ready. I I mean, all the strikes and stuff that have now like, Push timelines back. Yeah, I just, I just can't see it. You know, Skeleton Crew and Dacolite were, as, as far as I know, they were both in the can by the time the strikes hit. So post production could have been happening on that the whole time, and I wouldn't be surprised to know that those shows are just ready, ready to, to go. go. Yeah, but I can't see Andor being ready. But yeah. you know, again, I, I'm not going to complain. Like, no, if we, if we get it, but I, I don't see it. The, what, what concerns me if we don't get and or season two in 2024 is this 2024 let's say we get skeleton crew like we said in the spring and acolyte in the summer fall mm-hmm. okay so then let's say we get Andor in the spring of 25 are we not going to get mando season four until the the fall of yeah. 2025 really yep really i don't think so we're gonna go from spring twenty three to fall of twenty five, over two and two and a half years, for their biggest show. It's possible, but come on, dude. I don't know. I mean, I would like to remain optimistic and say, yeah, sure, they can pull them all out because I, and I think we talked about this on an episode a couple of weeks ago about like not wanting to go too far in between new Star Wars content. Like I, I loved, I loved having. Uh, Mando and Bad Batch coming out. That's like uh, me too. I loved going back to back, watching those episodes, two different storylines, like a full hour or so of Star Wars once fun. a week of brand yeah. new stuff. But I would sacrifice that for more consistent. Oh yeah, Star you mean Wars. like like yeah, I would yeah, rather yeah. not have overlap. Like if if my options are two overlapping Star Wars shows and longer times in between new content or no overlapping Star Wars shows and less pretty, time in less between. time in between. I'll take the I'll take the latter. Sure, me too. Um, I I think that as much as I enjoy what we're doing right now, it's so much more fun to watch an episode of Star Wars that you know you and everybody else have just watched, mm-hmm. and to come on here super excited and just lay into a. Po- I mean, it would be great for us. Yeah, I, and and just generally speaking. As a Star Wars fan, yeah, I, I like to live in a world where every week I'm getting something fresh and new. And I mean, comics can do that to some extent, but it's, sure. it's not, it's just not the same. It's not the same. I, I don't think I've ever read a comic where I was like, what? I can't wait until next. I mean, not that, not as excited as I get on animated series. There are and some. And speaking of comics, I just got my box of. Um the place that I get my comics from is not from around here. And they usually ship me my books once a month, but something happened and I've now got all of October and November books nice in a box. And I'm so excited to just binge them. Yeah. But anyways, they're, they're the dark droid stuff that's been happening. in comics has been interesting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something fresh at least. And uh, they're definitely gearing up for the end of Bounty Hunters, which I know we both dig that series. But yeah, it's, so it's time. It, it's, ta- it's, it's time. It's at its. It's been like four years. It's at the years. end of its rope. Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should move on to something new. Um, but anyways, okay. So real fast, likelihood that we get three live action Star Wars television series in the next year. 
Uh, 15%. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not super. If, if somehow, which I can't imagine that they would do this. If, if, if it's December 3rd, as we're recording this, if they were to announce like right now, the skeleton crew was coming out in January or February, I'd go 40%. But being wow. that that has not happened yeah. and I've not heard any, I'm not, I scour the internet for Star Wars news as much as I can. Um, I've not seen anything to suggest that. So I'll probably go 5% chance. I just, I just cannot see Andor being ready. And the only reason why I feel like that they, they would is just so that Mando season four would be able to come out a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't think that, I just don't think that tony gilroy is gonna work that way you know no, so. he, he seems very meticulous yeah with, with how he and and with andor being as successful as it was i i think well, i've read some interviews well critically yes <laughs> critically yes yes i agree um i think he's gonna i think he's gonna try to really bottle it which i was gonna mention when we were talking about you rewatching mando season three earlier that's that's the next one on my list i, I really I really am ready to do an Andor rewatch because I me too. I love that show. Me too. I think maybe uh, I'll be out of town like the week the week after Christmas. Maybe that's what I'll do. Is just like take the take the iPad and some headphones and just like really mm-hmm. yeah. I'm liking that idea. All right, man. Well, it's a lot of stuff. Um, I feel like um, we got a pretty good idea of of what's coming and. I guess we have our percentage likelihood that it'll actually happen. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see. It'll be fun to, maybe, I don't know if I'm going to remember this episode in a year, but it would be fun to come back and be like, all right, what ended up what happening? We, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you got anything else, Sue? No, nah, man, I, I I had a good time uh, doing this podcast today, just kind of vibing a little bit on some news and such. Yeah. So. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I would say let's just go ahead and, land this ship do it well thanks for joining us on this week's episode of after party uh, if you enjoyed it please leave us a five-star review or rating if you've got some memes to share with us send them over to star wars after party pod on instagram cameron porter meme lord yep i got some i need to go in there and, and check out now um send us some feedback or recommendations on the show or send us a uh, voice memo if you'd like to be featured to Star Wars After Party at gmail.com. And we will be right back here uh, next week for our Christmas special special. <laughs> I can't wait to watch Cameron watch the holiday special. I feel like my mouth is gonna be on the my jaw's gonna be on the floor the whole time. It's it's we might have to prepare with some beverages. Until <laughs> next time, Tyler out. Cameron out. This party's over.